you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Around the NFL podcast is really weird. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am in a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. Oh, yeah, it's a scientist party. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. How's everybody doing? Can we peek into your mind for a second? Come on in. Do Why you, I live there. Dan knows that. <laughs> Do you believe that you have to work extra hard to be mirthy today since it's just the two scientists and you don't have Mark? You know, <laughs> you, you like have to. Fair question. Like in your mind, do you think it will, Greg and I will skew too like foot, pigskin heavy? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. Plus, we got Evan Silva coming up too. That's we got just, big fish coming. Yeah, that that'll factor in. But uh, I don't view you guys as pure, just like football drones. So I'm not concerned about it. That's that's now, a great answer. I feel better about my role on the show now. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad that we and you know it's always nice to have Mark to bounce off. But uh, Mark under under the weather, and I was thinking Mark has a, a nasty cold. He said, uh, "This is where you get in trouble for being a vegetarian or a, a vegan guy. <laughs> Wear a nice bowl of chicken soup, and he'd be here right now." Is that backed up by science? <laughs> what do they say about chicken chicken soup? It's good for the soul. Good for the soul. Good for a cold also. <laughs> They say in some sense. You could you, some veggie soups would be good. I would I would think. Is it really the chicken that's doing it, or is it the stock? Do they say starve a cold or feed a cold? Because Mark doesn't eat. Mark starves everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're hoping to see Mark back uh, uh, in our next show. But we got a lot to get to today. Uh, some news, including well, I don't even know if it's really news, but there's some uh, Patriots Tom Brady uh, buzz. In the air, following an ESPN report this morning, uh, the other greatest quarterback in the world uh, is also in the news for some issues with his own team. Ooh, what a drama in the NFL right now. And uh, we will continue our draft quarterback series, yes, with the big fish, Evan Silva. Oh, it's a big one. Oh, it's a big one. Greg, come on. Give me some help. Oh, yeah, he's in the boat. Silva's here. My wife's a great fisherwoman. Fisher yeah, fisherwoman. When is the last time? <laughs> Are you worried at all that, you know, after getting Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, <laughs> Les Need, all these, you know, guys that the big fish moniker for Evan Silva has lost some meaning? I, if Pop. anything, it shows the respect that I have and right. we have for Silva that it doesn't change anything. Yeah, that he's bigger than all those guys. He also wears more hats than those guys. Silva's got his hands in a lot of different, you know, pots. So, yeah, Silva is coming on to talk about Josh Allen. So we are uh, the the last of the four, big four, connected to this draft, which, by the way, nothing, nothing, is now, as we record this, just eight days away. And wow. thank God. Get here, draft. When's the last time you actually threw out a cast? Like, went fishing. 
Uh, I it's been easily a dozen years. Yeah, I was going to say it's got to be over a decade, right? Yeah, I never had the patience for it really. Right, I did it. We did it a little bit uh, early in marriage, so that's that's less than that. But it's been it's been a while. Your wife is a gifted fisherwoman. She's she's good. True. Yeah, she's. I would not have known that. Good. Good luck with it. I don't know. Not good luck. Just good. Who did who does she go with you or? I mean, it's just a handful of times, but each times that she did it, she outshined everyone else there. So I don't know. Hmm. No, that's pretty interesting. I'm a really good fisherwoman myself. See, there you go. I, I, that's it. not really a real. Do, do people say fisherwoman or fish? <laughs> I don't know. Again, I just you're in Ohio. It's <laughs> like Ohioans fish. I don't. I mean, I go fishing a lot when I go camping with my my friends that they live up in Buffalo. Well, they live in South Carolina now, but we go in the summertime and we just, it's catch and release. Yeah, like I I get I get why people like fishing. It is relaxing, but there is still just part of me that's like, well, it's just great being out on a boat and just kind of, you know, being one. I get like, that. Well, why not just stay at, do I just sit on the boat and don't even worry about the, well, I get, the fish? That's what I, that's more my, my thing. That's even more yeah. relaxing. I think, uh, <laughs> you know? yeah. And you know, like I always, it, it's always a little Amp bit it up weird. a little, get rid of the pole and the fish. What, are and, then worry, and then you're really relaxed. Then you're part of nature and you're, you're in the hunt and it's, <laughs> it's, it's man versus beast. I get all that. I don't know about the Von Miller. Let's like gut a hammerhead shark alive <laughs> because I'm a millionaire. But if I had a friend that had like a Tony Soprano, like Stu Gatz type sure. yacht, I'm on the yacht. Absolutely. Give, give me a goddamn pole, and, but make sure you give me a cold one. Well, if you guys come fly. to Tybee yeah. with me next month, we can get some fishing going there on. There we go. Do, is it, I guess it's a big fishing town. Makes sense. Everybody fishes on Tybee, yeah. A lot of local shrimpers there. Yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> Let's do some news. Qatar, currently the richest nation in the world, but not as expensive to travel to as you may think. Qatar. 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 Just throwing it out there. A little bit of uh, controversy after Monday's show. People care a lot about a pronunciation that nobody can agree on. Adam Schefter is one of uh, the most prominent insiders in the NFL Cognoscenti. And the ESPN senior writer reported yes. on Wednesday that Tom Brady still has not committed to playing in 2018, even though people who know him believe he will be back for the coming season, according to league sources. Uh, no official word from Brady privately or publicly, uh, which has left some to wonder if he'll come back for another season. One source told ESPN, my money would be on him playing Football for the foreseeable future, but what goes on away from the football field? I don't know. I don't know. Throne of sleaze. Wes? This is what I call barstool reporting. Hmm. You can create the same story just by asking the guy on the barstool next to you what he thinks Tom Brady's going to do. Oh, I thought you were going to go into like a dig of barstool sports. I I don't even know what that is. But Tom Brady, like, Schefter isn't even reporting anything. He's just like people out there are speculating that he might not play. It's not even really a report. And to me, this story is about how news, in particular football news, is created and disseminated. And I go back... Especially at this time of year. Yes. And I go back to our delightful conversation with Les Snead and Kara Henderson Snead when she said that quote about 90%. It's like an iceberg. 90% of the news is below the surface. Schefter... He's hearing enough speculation to raise an eyebrow, but it also makes you wonder, is he doing a favor for somebody here? Hmm. Because Tom Brady has come out. Basically, what the story boils down to is Brady hasn't publicly stated he will play since the last few times he publicly stated he will play, which is February around the Super Bowl when he told Jim Gray he's playing. Right before the Super Bowl. And then March on Good Morning America, and then on the Colbert Report, the Colbert Show, he said on both of those shows that he's playing. So he, it's not that he hasn't said it this offseason. He has said, I'm going to play. Well, it's the, the gift of being Adam Schefter and I guess the curse too because it's not even something other reporters haven't said. Tom Curran has said this the whole time that, you know, you know, for technically hasn't been totally able to pin down that, that Brady is, is going to be back. He's just He's mentioned that a few times. The guy who uh, did – Tom versus Time, the documentarian Chopra. I'm forgetting his first name right now. Gotham. He he also said publicly recently, like he he raised. It's like, hey, maybe it's possible, but it is April, and so then this becomes uh, a story. And now, like, there's been four posts about it 
today on Pro Football Talk of like, right. okay, actually Tom has planned uh, an off-season throwing session with his with his teammates. He's continuing to work out, and so like, there's no particular signs that say he's not. Coming. I think everything points, and it would be much easier if Tom Brady just sent out a tweet today, like I'm playing. But there's a lot of drama behind the scenes in New England, so people are feeding into that. And when Schefter, a guy at that level, tweets something out, people are going to go nuts. And ESPN loves it because then they get to build an entire day of programming. And I'm sure NFL Network has been hitting this hard. It's just how the snossage gets made. Um, but I, you know, one thing: if it feel, if does it feel like maybe we're in reaching this like idea that Tom Brady is a year-to-year proposition? We brought that up a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Like my my intuition now, when when I think of Tom Brady, is not that he's going to be playing till forty five. But then, do you trade Jimmy Garoppolo if that's the case? No, but I think so much has happened since then. I yeah. think that that's when relationships have started to sour in Boston, and I think we're seeing a lot of that. You know, I questioned a couple of weeks ago whether Tom Brady, you know, the, the Tom versus Time documentary we talked about is pretty telling, and it's no coincidence that the director comes out thinking differently because. It seems clear that Tom Brady's mind is in a different place now than it was a year or a year ago or the year before that. Or the or the day before the Super Bowl when he talked to Jim Gray. Like he is just human and anyone can change their minds or or have a different feeling and it's, it seems like he's just having a longer time to recharge. How insane would it be if the Patriots traded Jim Garoppolo for a second round pick and then Tom Brady retired before the next season? It would it would be like would be uh, outrageous. It's not going to happen. But it would be like the Jets losing Belichick and Barcells in like a two day span. Right. It would be but that only, level of crushing. It yes. would be no. It wouldn't. It would be that if the Jets had won six, five, four super five Super Bowls and made it to eight for, in the twenty so years before. Your that. take on this is not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think him I think him uh, him wondering about his future is a big deal. But I expected them to take a quarterback regardless in this draft. I practically would have expected it if Jimmy Garoppolo was on the team. I mean, that's just kind of what they do, and I think it's a smart, smart way to do business. Mm. And now he's basically making it like they have to. I mean, they it'd be it'd be surprising if they didn't. For what it's worth, a well-known NFL Network insider texted me and told me he's going on the air today and basically refuting the Schefter report. Michael Fabiano, one of our insiders, will oh. be will be on air today on NFL Network saying this is not a story. Nice little humble brag there. I like that. Well, he reached out to me. I didn't that, reach out to wow. him. Wow, double humble brag. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying what's going to happen. Tri- triple humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, other iconic quarterback news, Aaron Rodgers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Contrary to popular belief, you are not going to die or suffer or be in any kind of physical danger once in Qatar because of its blockade. I was there when it started, and I'm alive. That sounded like Qatar. I mean, that's not what I'm hung up on. What I mean, she's something about a blockade and. <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of security. What's Tom doing there? The World then? Cup going there, you know, it's there for charity. Yahoo Sports. Charles Robinson has reported that Aaron Rodgers uh, is not happy. In fact, he's frustrated. He's emotional because he, the quarterback, was not consulted uh, when the, the team decided to cut ties with Jordy Nelson, his boy, his wide receiver of many years. And also quarterbacks coach Alex Van Pelt. Uh, and uh, since that report, I think Rodgers had a couple. Of, uh, he's a little on my radar with some of his uh, social media activities, winking, you know, his hashtags and stuff. He's very cute on social media, but uh, playing into it a little bit. Only you're, you're only you're allowed to be try to be funny. No, I mean, yeah, actually, you know what? If Ryan Rodgers has literally everything else in the world. Yes. Stay off don't, your corner. Don't try to be funny. <laughs> Stay off my corner. Yeah, I mean, just be Aaron Rodgers and enjoy all the perks of that. Stop being irreverent on Twitter. You're you're referring to he retweeted uh, a Green Bay Packers article that just the headline was Aaron Rodgers talks offseason changes, and his response was, I feel like the title of this article needs more cl- clickbait. Come on, Green Bay Packers. Make something up or talk to some unnamed sources close to me or something to beef up clicks. Hashtag Dalai Lama is a Packers fan because he visited the Hashtag big hitter. Hashtag total consciousness. Hashtag relax. Hashtag fake news Tuesday. Hashtag GB snow day. Hashtag meditation. I mean, he's getting a lot of plugs in there. Just calm down. That's all I'm saying. I like it. Just be the best quarterback uh, in Packers history. It works for me. I uh, like it when listen, athletes. We all have opinions. That's all. That's mine. Yeah, no. That's I like all. it when athletes come directly at a reporter. 
basically that that came out because if you think they're coming to it kind of phony and it's poor reporting you know that same reporter is going to tell you how bad your interceptions were in the NFC championship if you throw them like they're not going to hold back so to tell them what percentage cuz i buy i buy Aaron Rodgers i buy that Aaron Rodgers has reason to believe this is some trumped up stuff if, you're, if he's coming this strong if you're a star NFL player what percentage of articles about you do you consider clickbait probably like 95% right yeah and do we so what are you saying that the, he's saying this is not a th- he's not angry with the packers he's calling this out out as hashtag fake news yeah he's he's, he's angry he's saying this is this is uh i think he's having some fun with this I, I don't think I think he's I, got some legitimate gripes about Jordy Nelson and Alex Van Pelt. Not, and, any, and any quarterback would have legitimate like any long standing MVP caliber quarterback who's been with a franchise for a decade would want some kind of input on those moves. Even if you don't expect to have that input like be the final decision, you still want to have a say in the process or in terms be, of your quarterback coach getting fired though. You want to be aware of it. Like, oh yeah, here's what's going on. We're thinking about firing your guy who's been there for what, a decade? Yeah. I guess you would like a heads up like, "Hey, we're doing this." But I do think it gets a little tricky like you can't decide who is your boss. That'd be like me going it'd be like someone coming to us and consulting us whether they're going to like Fire our fire your boss. Or that, that's your that's boss. a horrible analogy. What, quarterback Aaron Rodgers is, is an MVP in the NFL. We're just on some podcast. Like nobody consults with us. I think it's an MVP podcast, but yeah. <laughs> Since when has anybody ever consulted with us? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the the Jordy Nelson thing especially because that's that's the guy. The coaching staff. I kind of get that. Like why would quarterbacks you, coach though? Why would you be? You can't. At some point, who's running the team? You got to make decisions of who's well, in the best. Well, it's not like the NBA is crazy because LeBron James, for instance, is, is essentially the Cavs coach and GM uh, on a right. certain level. Football is different, but I absolutely think if you're a level of Aaron Rodgers, you should be involved. Well, especially once you get what 12, 13 years into your career with the same team, I feel like you should be involved with all aspects of the organization because you're basically like they say with Tom Brady, like he's a front office guy in New England at this point. I think Rodgers deserves that same respect. Well, you're not running the show. Like, I think we're both saying there's a nuance here. Like, yes. let him in on the process. Yeah. And his voice can be heard, but he's not making decisions or, or let calling him, shots. Even let him think he's part of the process. Yeah. Let yeah. him say what he wants. That's Just fair. play the game. And there's that. an art to that. Uh, speaking of Packers legends, uh, Brett Favre, the quarterback who Aaron Rodgers succeeded, uh, a report in the New York Post and we've been tracking this closely uh, this offseason. Who's going to be in the booth on Monday Night Football? Well, apparently, according to Andrew Marchand, uh, that Brett Favre recently came in for an audition. Uh, and according to sources, uh, the audition did not go well at all. Favre just it was not something that was working out. And uh, after the post report, uh, Favre tweeted out, uh, that he wanted to clear something up, that he was intrigued, that the uh, ESPN had called, but he wasn't sure at that time that he even wanted to pursue a broadcasting career. I wish him the best of luck. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, s- smells like damage control from Brett. Uh, your thoughts, Greg? Well, Brett Barb waffling on a major <laughs> career decision. <laughs> he makes it sound like he just did the audition on a lark. Color, like He's color. like, oh, I'll do him a favor and go up there and, and bomb my Color audition. me surprised, which which is not atypical, I don't think, for how a lot of pro athletes, especially top-tier Hall of Fame pro athletes, approach their broadcasting career. And those are the guys that don't last that long. No, but, I totally agree. I think there's a big difference between being funny in the locker room or on the field and having some one-liners and then being able to like actually announce a football game. And Favre is... I feel like he shows up on Super Bowl Sunday on NFL Network. I think he, he pops up every That's once a good in a job. while. He's, he's, a very sm- he's very smart about football. He's, Might not be the right spot for him in a booth. Right. I don't, I, I don't think so either necessarily. But he is such a famous presence and he's such an iconic guy that it makes total sense. It makes a lot of sense why ESPN went after Peyton Manning and it didn't work out and why they kicked the tires on Favre. Uh, apparently, by the way, Rex Ryan will be in for an audition, reportedly, mm. as well, uh, and he'll get another crack at it. If you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, are you willing to work as hard as you did as an NFL player in order to be a good announcer after your career is over? 
Because I think Tony Romo probably works almost as hard as he did when he was a player. Frank Gifford. I mean, Frank Gifford. Guy, like those are all time greats, but it's also got to hurt the ego a little bit for Brett Favre to read that. So I think that you see that in the tweet maybe a little bit too. Uh, and please, please, please get here quickly. Uh, draft news. Two reports connected to Penn State running back Saquon Barkley. Uh, the first from ESPN draft analyst Todd McShay, uh, who said it, quote, feels inevitable that the G-Man will use the number two overall pick. That's where I miss Mark, by the way. Mark always laughs at my G-Man. Yes, he does. The scientist. I was, I was giggling inside. Yeah. But Mark, Mark, he loses it. He can't handle it. Well, he does. Yeah, so right. I, I wish maybe in post we could add a Mark laugh. <laughs> uh, Lindsay. You really miss your buddy today. Miss him today. Uh, but the, they, uh, I mean, I knew, I knew you were onto something, Wes, in your initial question to Dan when his first response was fair question, which to me was like, yes, yes, I'm worried about these scientists. No, I, yeah. fair, what fair I meant question was, always means we're yes, like the Burke to his Ernie. No. He just wants to play with his rubber ducky and we're trying to be serious. From now on fair question, just moving forward in any circumstance, it always means yes. What I meant by fair question was that is a hard hitting type journal question that needs to be asked. And I respected that you asked the question. It's a fair question to ask how I feel. So I gave a, I gave what I thought was an honest answer. And at the time, I, that's totally the way I took it. That you yeah. really did think it was a legitimate question. Yeah, Greg, you missed you missed this one. <laughs> I think I think you thought it was a legitimate question. I also think the answer was yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm in your head. It's nice up here. Um, Saquon Barkley. So Todd Todd McShay says it's inevitable. Giants will draft the running back. And in another report, uh, this one. Uh, from Sports Illustrated, said that the running back's agents do not want him to be picked by the Browns, and Barkley is represented by Rock Nation. Who heads Rock Nation, Chris Wessling? Jay-Z. What city is Jay-Z most closely connected to? New York. They want him to go to the Giants. They want him to be in the Mecca, uh, the media Mecca. They don't want him anywhere near, uh, what is it, Western Ohio, so that's the other report Breaking on Barkley. Breaking news here. Agents want client to be in the best place to earn money and enhance his image. I mean, that's what right. agents do. But not, comma, not with the team that went 1-31 over the last two years right. and is known as a regional and national laughingstock. Right. And, and I would just point out what I have heard several former general managers say and several people in this building say when the calendar hits April, believe nothing about the draft and what teams are going to do and who has plans and who's committed to what. I don't believe it. I mean, I believe these agents want to do that, but I don't believe like the Giants already have Saquon Barkley like written in ink as their number two pick. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about them trading back. So that that to me seems more believable. And who knows? Maybe if, if the Browns don't take Sam Darnold, I'm still not giving up on – the Giants possibly taking a quarterback because it makes so much sense no matter what everyone's been reporting. Yeah, I'm not buying that necessarily at this point. Uh, and by the way, we could put your uh, sandwich, your sandwich where your mouth is because on Monday's show, go get my lunch draft edition. Uh, I've already been, I don't know if you guys have been doing any prep. I have a bunch of options already. And it's just a matter of now culling that list down to three or four that I feel very strongly about. That's intimidating. I would need. I lost first place at, at free agency, so I'm 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 pumped up right now. I see what you're doing here. You're playing head games with us. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have really put a lot of thought into how I came into today's show. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. And finally, in the news, Nick Mangold. But if you do try to eat out during Ramadan or go out in the summer months without water, you could starve and dehydrate. But other than that, all's good, guys. All's good. That didn't even have the word guitar in it. Just make sure you eat. <laughs> uh, Nick Mangold has like, retired. Like if you just for some reason started the show right there like a few minutes ago, there's no there's no understanding of what just happened. You got to catch up, folks. Uh, Nick Mangold has announced his retirement. He signed a one-day one contract with the Jets. Uh, he spent last year out of football, uh, flirted a little bit with the Ravens, but they never signed – uh, never came to an agreement, so Mangold's career is over. I just want to throw in that centers, you don't really miss a center, and Mangold was one of the best in the league for a decade. You don't miss having a, a competent center or certainly a star center until you you don't have one, and 
Jets fans have not been blessed over the years at a lot of important positions, but they went from Kevin Mawai directly to Nick Mangold uh, for about a 20-year stretch for the franchise. And then last year, bang, Wesley Johnson, who is one of the worst uh, graded-out centers in the league and certainly did not help Billy Powell, didn't help the quarterbacks, uh, and they, there's no, the Jets have been in a market for a new center. So uh, Mangold is so one they, of the best. I love it. The Jets are like the center version of the Packers and quarterbacks. Exactly. We're almost there. You got the center market spot. cornered. <laughs> one spot, we missed it. Uh, but Mangold retires. And one of my favorite personalities on the Jets, Mangold's great, great player. I feel like he, he's a little bit like Donovan McNabb in my mind, that the first 10 years of his career, you're thinking Hall of Fame. And it just doesn't end the way that you think a Hall yeah. of Famer's career should end. His body just kind of broke down on him. Uh, and that's what's happening in the news. All right. Before we get to uh, Evan Silva, uh, Wes, you, you brought this to our attention. Uh, so I just wanted to surface it here on the podcast. The Falcons began their offseason workout program, and they, re- they released a nice tidy uh, video uh, with head coach and friend of the show. Dan Quinn, uh, speaking to his team uh, for uh, the first time. And uh, I, I enjoyed watching it because it does provide a lot of insight into what coaches have to – kind of the shtick that they need to come up with every year around this time. And especially they have to come up with whether it's a catchphrase or some type of general like message that ha- has to be the general same message. But it's got to be a little different. It's, that's one of the challenges of being a coach. It reminds me of what Richard Sherman said about Pete Carroll, that he's got a lot of these great stories and ways to fire us up, but he's only got so many. And we he keeps starting to reuse them a bunch for the guys that have been there <laughs> seven or eight years. And it's like, we've heard all your stories at this point, Pete Carroll. Maybe that's why he's getting rid of some of those players. So let's hear uh, Dan Quinn now entering his fourth season with the Falcons, what he's coming up with in 2018. It's always a good time to remind you. Uh, the shortcut's a lie. And uh, so we got to strain, we got to battle, we got to put it in for one another, and knowing that that's going to be a big part of what we do. Um, to be the best version of you, there really ain't no shortcuts. It's going to be early morning, it's going to be straining, it's going to be all the stuff that you got to do together, and it's going to take a hell of a lot of discipline. He, the, the buzzword is what? Strain. 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 Which is kind of an interesting, but let's be honest. I uh, love Dan Quinn, friend of the show. Strain. Interesting one. Well, other teams haven't used it. I see a lot of teams kind of biting and using the same slogans and stuff. He's coming original. So I right, like it's not like play like a Falcon or anything. But strain is, I get it, it's effort and it's giving max effort and you don't want to use maybe some more familiar words in that area. But strain almost has a negative connotation. It feels like a Nicolas Cage movie about an airborne disease. Mm. <laughs> it's a strain of Nicolas the disease. Nicolas Cage in strain. Uh, and then I this another trope of... Uh, head coaches, and we see it every year on Hard Knocks, uh, building analogies. All right, over the next two weeks, all right, what do you want to get done? And I'm putting that foundation into it, all right? All foundation. the things I want to try to apply and put my stuff, don't buy it alive, man, all right? All the stuff we've got to put out for one another, start putting that foundation together. We've got some bricks up there. Bricks. Let's keep adding to it, all right, as we go. Foundation, bricks, that's a big thing. You remember on Hard Knocks last year? I, I want Dan Quinn to just coach our podcast. I know. Oh, yeah. I wish he was coaching my football team. Come, in, come over a few, every few months. That's all we need. Uh, on uh, the Bucks Hard Knocks season, it was a golden opportunity for the Dirk Cutter and the coaching staff because they were actually building a new training facility next <laughs> to the existing uh, training facility. So the entire summer was just a bunch of construction oh, yeah. analogies. Uh, so that that's a that's a popular one. One of the most impressive things about NFL coaches to me is that they're able to spend so much time annotating motivational speaker books, <laughs> like that whole niche market of the books where it's just motivational books. They they must spend all off season reading that stuff. Well, this this is really a tease because I want to do later in the off season, really in the dog days, the motivational slogan power rankings across Ooh, the NFL. We got to do some research yep. and we got to look around because I noticed Rams, love the Rams, rooting for them this year, you know, team of around the NFL last year. Their big slogan last year was we not me. But this year mm. they've made we not me uh, the middle block of a very confusing pyramid, which <laughs> it's a it's a mixed message. It's too many words. I think 
I don't think it's going to end up high on the power. And you'll rankings. notice I'm a little concerned about the Rams based on this shirt. If you check out, if you look at on uh, Alden underscore Gonzalez tweeted it out. Good beat writer it. for ESPN. Uh, but also listens to the show. How about oh, that? Oh, nice shout out to uh, Al- Alden. If you look at the bottom layer of this pyramid, character, connected, consistency, communication. You know what that is, Greg? Alliteration. Alliteration. No. Well, yes. <laughs> it's the foundation of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Triangle. It's the foundation. And, uh, and just because, Wes, I know you're a huge Spurs fan. I thought you'd like oh, this. Oh, God. All right. We like this one. Tim Duncan. Good, better, best. Never let it rest. So your good is better and your better is the best. All right? That's training. All right? And getting your game exactly like you want. So that's another trope. The using a, another famous athlete, like something they said, or uh, using a champion from another sport. And then he drops another strain in there. So the, the, the strain uh, hat trick, I call it. Yeah, bad time of year to be a Spurs fan this year. Oh, Yeah, they down 0-2? Down 0-2, and Kawhi yeah. is nowhere to be found. Um, he might have played yeah. his last game, right? Ever for the Spurs? Yeah, isn't there some... I think oh, there's a lot of talk about that. I, I'm not putting back. much stock in that. I mean, it seems like he's been hit with the strain or something. He's been straining too hard. Or maybe he needs to strain more. I I think sometimes people forget that if you have one of the best players in the NBA, your only job is to keep that player because the best players in the NBA mean that much. Right. The Giants, for instance, were smart enough to eventually come to their senses with Odell Beckham. But in the end, I thought you were going to say that they've, they've, you know, came back on the realization that Eli Manning is one of the best players in the NFL because that's what they think. <laughs> I mean, Odell Beckham is like one of 30 players who will get regular snaps from the for the Giants. This, you know, basketball, you have like five guys. If you have one of the top three players in the sport, you can't get rid of him. Uh, all right, so there you go. Uh, good luck to the Falcons. And, I and hope, the Spurs. And the Spurs. <laughs> and I hope the Lions are taking notes because I know they got, they got going with their offseason program in a timely fashion. But if you really want to be a real power player in the NFC like the Falcons are, you got to strain. Cardinals are already on the field practicing. Got to strain. First team. That should be the Dan Hans' sleeper pick for the year. <laughs> They're already out there. Steve Wilkes. Is that like the new coach? There's a, there's a balance. Yeah. You also but, gotta... but they even seem like the other new coaches were like, oh, we're still going to wait another week. But Wilkes, he's out. Okay, Wilksy. Well, Wilksy, you know, Wilksy knows Wilksy's in a tough spot. So Wilkie's like, we're just going to practice literally every day, like 14 hours a day, and hope to get to eight wins. <laughs> Good time to be a Falcons fan. All right, uh, moving on. How do you feel about the Cardinals prospects this year? Jeez, I thought you would like that. <laughs> They'll be lucky to win eight games. Well, don't you don't agree? I don't. It feel. I don't know. Tough time, I think. I don't. I don't. It's it's April. It feels a little early to be writing off the Cardinals, but I, it's fair. It's been I, done. It's from this perch, it's been done. You have access to the lab. I'm not about to besmirch your knowledge of or your predicting ability. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate that. All right, moving on. It is time to continue our draft quarterback series. This will be the most important draft like ever. Guys, we need to talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And uh, to do that, to talk about the Wyoming passer, the man with, and they only use this caliber or gun whenever talking about a man with a strong throwing arm in professional football, a howitzer (laughs) attached to his right shoulder, affixed. Uh, We are talking to Evan Silva. Oh, yeah, baby. The big fish has been reeled in from Roto World. What's up, Ev? I'm doing well. What's what's up, guys? Uh, Thanks so much for having me back on the show. Uh, it's great to have you, Evan, uh, I, the iconic uh, commentator on the most recent edition of the Greybeards roster. Evan came hard at, at <laughs> a lot of, uh, of my selections, especially my skill positions on the off- offensive side of the ball. But The defense was tremendous, though. I love how you put together that defensive front seven. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate Who's that. Who's running your defense? Rob Ryan? Uh, we got Rob. No, we got Rex, actually. Oh, nice. Rex yeah. and Rob. Rob's yeah. the linebacker's coach. Rob's kind of on the sideline. He's kind of a gopher type guy. <laughs> but uh, Evan's here. He is – you know who he is. He's the senior editor of uh, Roto World's football coverage. The man knows his stuff. And uh, and we were talking about who who's a good person to talk to about Josh Allen, who's really a divisive guy in this draft. The most – the in terms of the push and pull, this guy's going to be a stud. This guy's going to be a total bomb. Uh, he, there's no one like Josh Allen at the top of this draft. And uh, Greg Rosenthal, 
uh, you said uh, to me when we were talking about this, oh, I think Silva has some hot takes on this topic. Well, I, that was you know, I, if you follow Silva on Twitter, you've gotten some Josh Allen, uh, you know, bile coming at this kid from Wyoming. So I, I wanted to hear Evan uh, explain it. You haven't, you haven't been a fan of, of Josh Allen as a draft prospect. That's fair to say, right, Evan? No, I started watching him last off season, um, and there was a game against Nebraska where he threw five interceptions. And I was like, wow, you know, this kid is is, because he was being pumped up last offseason as, you know, the the, maybe the next great thing. And he had just this terrible game against Nebraska that that I watched. And just like (laughs) he kept getting worse and worse and worse and snowballing. And, you know, he didn't get better uh, during his second year as a starter at Wyoming. He was only a starter at Wyoming for two years. He transferred from JUCO. At JUCO, he completed 49% of his passes. Uh, in his theoretically big year at Wyoming, he completed about 56%, and then last year he was right about 56%. Um, and a lot of his struggles this past year were blamed on his supporting cast the year before, which was, again, theoretically his big year. He had a bunch of NFL – he was surrounded by NFL talent. Uh, their center is now the starting center for the Redskins. Um, they had, uh, Cody Hollister, uh, at wide receiver. I'm sorry, Jacob Hollister, the brother of Cody Hollister currently on the Patriots made some plays last preseason. No, Jacob, Jacob Hollister, uh, and Brian Hill was a fifth round pick of the Falcons last year. Uh, and I think that Josh Allen at the end of the day is a, a, a big, you know, a, 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 a coaches will see him as a guy that they can mold. But I think that that's going to be really difficult because he has not demonstrated the ability to throw the ball with consistent accuracy at any level of football to date. Couldn't you say the same thing about Cam Newton, especially if you watched him the year after his MVP or Carson Wentz during his rookie year or Andrew Luck on a bad week or in the prime of their careers, John Elway, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb? All, have, all these guys are big, strapping, athletic quarterbacks with come-and-go accuracy, and the offense is placed on their shoulders. Do you see any of that in Josh Allen? Yeah, I think that Cam Newton is an interesting comparison because Cam Newton is like a really special kind of athlete, you know, and that's really how he wins. We know that he doesn't win with accuracy. He is a special, special athlete, and he was a dominant player at every level of football. I mean, he was at, he went to Blinn college and, you know, won the uh, national Juco championship. He went to Auburn and won the Heisman trophy. So, you know, he was a, he's been a dominant player at every level. Whereas Josh Allen has been a guy who completed 56% of his passes. And, you know, the, the offense at Wyoming was actually a run first offense. uh, Even though they had this great quarterback, prospect they were a run first offense not really building the offense around josh allen rather building it around brian hill or the running game in general and i don't think that josh allen brings to the table what cam newton does as as a runner here here are two opinions uh from very well-known draft analysts one that i struggle to make any sense of one that that spooks me especially Big Fish, as you know, is a Jets fan that Allen is potentially in play for New York. Here's what Mel Kuyper Jr. had to say. I don't think his completion percentage matters anymore. That's history now. It is what it is. I think people have moved past that. I don't know what that means, uh, but take it as you will. And Mike Mayock, our own Mike Mayock, said, I don't think his feet and eyes are connected, and that's a big, big deal with quarterbacks. He's the most physically talented quarterback in this class, but he's got a lot to do, a lot of work to do with his footwork. That footwork stuff, especially someone who's lived through Christian Hackenberg or the ghost of Christian Hackenberg, that kind of stuff. And what also the other uh, criticism that maybe he doesn't anticipate well, and we talked about that, uh, would really scare me. And especially if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, because maybe it's all smokescreen. But putting a project like Josh Allen in Cleveland, that is like one of those situations where it just smells like a disaster. Uh, And I know we're skewing very negative right now, and that's part of the other discussion I wanted to have here is that what what do people like about this guy other than the fact that he's got a howitzer and can throw the ball 80 yards in the air? What what makes him 
a guy that would be one it, of the It's worth players. noting Mayock has him number two at quarterback. So Mayock is one mm-hmm. of those one of those analysts who likes him better than Josh Rosen, who likes him better than Baker Mayfield and, and Lamar Jackson. Why, Evan, do you think, like someone, obviously you respect as much as Mayock and watched as much as Mayock likes Allen at that level, at a top five type of level? I think it's just purely the tools, and I think that, you know, the, the, the common feeling is that he helped himself. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah has mentioned this. Josh Allen helped himself so much at the Senior Bowl and at his Pro Day and at the Combine, and his stock has, like, been solidified at those stages of the offseason, not necessarily what he did in the games, because he wasn't very good in the games, <laughs> but what he has done – you know, at all the different stages of the offseason. And that in and of itself, I think, should be scary. I think that the Browns at number one, and I, I, I'm kind of leaning back toward thinking that they're, they're going to take Sam Darnold like everybody else. But I think that at number one, the Browns could theoretically talk themselves into Josh Allen being a good idea at number one because they have Tyrod Taylor and they have that guy that they think they can start for a full year while Josh Allen sits on the bench and learns. But that, of course, in and of itself is debatable because how have you guys ever gotten better at sports? The only way that I've ever gotten better at sports was by playing the sport and, and not you know standing there on the sidelines. Wes gave me a lot of good coaching in softball. I have to say just mentally <laughs> he gave me some tips that, that helped me out. But I hear, I hear what you're saying. Softball often compared to an NFL gridiron. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a title's a title. <laughs> I, I I hear you. You you mentioned Cam. I mean, he is a Allen is it does seem like a pretty uh special athlete. Like he can he can evade the rush and and run, you know, as well or, or close to as well as a Carson. Like I can see why people kind of look at the body and, and think like, okay, maybe there's some Carson Wentz to him there. And they talk to him and he seems, you know, smart and people talk about his wonder look. He's a great guy, whatever. It's like, but I, I'm thinking football intelligence, that's what matters more. And he doesn't really show that from what I've seen. Like he's very frenetic in the pocket where he, he tries to leave before there's any pressure. He makes kind of crazy throws that you don't really know where it's coming. And like, I don't care if he's like a smart dude. I'm, I care if he plays smart. It's like Ryan Fitzpatrick's a smart mm-hmm. dude. He doesn't play smart. And that that's the part I think if you're Josh Allen, like it's a lot to overcome like getting accurate at the pro level and getting like pocket presence at the pro level. And I'm not sure he really showed that. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. <laughs> so in 2011, we were told by the media <laughs> that Blaine Gabbert had just as good a chance as anybody to go number one overall to the Panthers that year, if you guys remember that. We, I do it remember beaten, It was beaten into our head that Blaine Gabbard might go number one. And when people submitted their final mock drafts, you know, the night before the draft, like a lot of those mock drafts had Blaine Gabbard at number one. And he wound up going to number 11, going, falling to number 11, which he probably was more deserving of, certainly in hindsight. But he just wasn't very good in college. And that's why it was confusing enter that, entering that draft. It's like, well, we have this one guy, he wins, you know, like Cam Newton was the best player in college football. Blaine Gabbert wasn't even good at Mizzou. And Josh Allen is similar, wasn't even good at Wyoming. I wonder if the Browns don't take him at one, how far could he fall? Could mm. he slip to like number 12 in the Bills? Yeah, that's a great call. Like he is a guy, as a, as a guy that has a lot of red flags, but all this positive these positives about his attributes and things of that nature he could be that guy if you had to pick one of the four the big four he would be the guy you could see slipping to the bills in in an effort to extract something positive from evan about josh (laughs) allen i'm going to read a sentence from sigmund bloom a guy we all know and respect who uh did some tape study from his wyoming games and Sigmund says Allen is cartoonishly depicted as arm strength and size with nothing else holding him together, but in reality is a quarterback who can play the game with nuance and inspiration to amplify the impact of his gifts. Do you disagree with that? Big Fish, what do you got to say? Um, I think that that's just a glass half full way to look at Josh Allen. I mean, it's not like – I think you have to look at him from a probability angle. You don't necessarily look at him from, oh, he's a surefire bust. 
I mean, I think that you look at him from a probability angle, and I think that his probability is low, okay? But there is a chance that he could hit. And certainly one of the, um, you know, one of the, the biggest fact, positive factors that we have going for Josh Allen is that it seems like the NFL loves him. And so, you know, but, um, but besides that, we have, I mean, we have the arm strength, we have the athleticism, the raw arm strength and athleticism. But, you know, one of the, the feathers in his cap is that NFL decision makers seem to really like him, and that's certainly a positive trait. He seems to compete, and he, the, his great throws are great. Like, you can see that. Like, you can oh, yeah. see the great throws are, are incredible. It's, sometimes it's just about perception. If, if he was being talked about as a late second-round pick with upside, we'd probably all be sitting here talking about how much we like him. It's just the fact that he's going in the top ten. Like, you can see why people think – here's a guy you can mold and maybe can turn into something different, but he's never really made the players around him better, which I, that's kind of the point you made Silva that hits home with me the most that he didn't really mm-hmm. improve the Wyoming offense that much. And it gets, seems like a factor for a quarterback. And I, I care about the winning and losing stuff in college too, in the power five against opponents in the power five, Oh, and three, one touchdown, eight picks, 50% completion. So there's a lot to be scared off by, if you're a team, but maybe a team just falls in love with those abilities. Evan, I'm in love with your abilities. Mm. Thank you so much. I mean, look, I think that if you're just looking at it from a probability angle, who do you think has the higher probability, Josh Rosen or Josh Allen? Based on everything that we know about these guys, who would be a higher probability NFL quarterback? Rosen. For sure. I mean, that that takes the health angle out of it too, doesn't it? That, That people are scared off by Rosen's medical history. Which can be, yeah, which can sure. cause a prospect to bust just as easily as any other thing. I mean, I think that Josh Rosen's health, you know, past history of injuries is something that you certainly need to weigh into your analysis when you're trying to do like talk about probability when it comes to these guys. I just think that Josh Rosen is such a better bet to become a long-term NFL starter based on what we know. Yes, he has this you know, this history of, of some injuries, a shoulder injury, a couple of concussions, that's definitely something that you want to factor in. But even with those things factor in, factoring in, I think that Josh Allen is just such a superior prospect. He's such a, an inferior bet to Josh Rosen. And that's what the draft is all about. It's a bet. Evan Silva, you can follow him at Evan Silva. He is a jug guzzler. He's the senior <laughs> football editor of Roto World, and he is the father to the cutest little girl who is going to pick up at school right now. So thanks, Evan, for joining us, and we'll thanks, be in Evan. touch down the, ri- down, the, down the line. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes, Evan Silva. Uh, you had one other thing. Well, there's a smart point about probability, that that's what it comes down to. But that sort of eliminates ceilings and floors, and Josh Allen is seen as a guy with the biggest ceiling in the draft, and it reminds me of – all of the people saying that Carson Wentz's probability wasn't that high, that there was a big probability of bust. And when you make a mistake on something like that, it is a franchise-dooming mistake. Maybe that's also the case for how the Browns can – I know it's different leadership, but could end up with Josh Allen because <laughs> they will go against uh, the instincts that they had with Wentz, didn't work out, and now they're well, saying, no, we're going to bet on ability and raw talent. And, and what are the worst franchises always doing? Reacting yes. to the mistakes right. of their previous regime. You're rooting for Josh Allen because you, like, you don't like dogmatic thinking, Wes, that, that everyone basically has written this guy off. I am absolutely rooting for Josh Allen because analytics were created to combat dogmatic thinking, and instead most analytics lovers now embrace dogmatism as long as that dogmatism is what the analytics say it is. Yeah, the thing the thing is, I think the, the tape for him is the thing that, can, I, you know, I watched some Except games. Except all I'm the not, people who are I'm in charge with watching tape love him. Right. They, some some do, some don't. It, it's just the, perpet, it's the volume, uh, and it reminds me of like how you look at NFL quarterbacks too. And Cam is a good example of someone who's kind of broken out of that. But Cam has always been able to throw the ball deep. It's the high quantity of totally missed routine throws. Like missed, like you're just missing five-yard throws. That's what just totally for. missed routine throws. And then also like the, the deeper throws, you know, he wasn't connecting on too much either. And it's just that they're missing by a lot. So it's like, I don't know, is that something that can... Because the athleticism is awesome. Some throws on the run are like crazy. I haven't broken I down it. his tape. I read the Sigmund Bloom piece, and he said he misses three to five throws a game, which you can get a, you can get around that. 
you can you, definitely you, get around if, missing three to five throws if, a game. If that's it, then yeah, you you need to make up for it with a like a. He seems like a guy who could fit in a highly schemed type of offense, but that's what Carson what? Wentz is in right now. Like a right. highly schemed, like let's count on him to be athletic and like work around those strengths. Like if he lands in the right spot, then then that could work. Also, I don't how much you put into if you miss on three to five, like. Tom Brady was played out of his mind in the Super Bowl. Seemed like he more three than that. Five. Well, there was also he mentioned the Nebraska game. There was like one game in each year, and the Boise game is crazy. I mean, the Boise game. If you watch the game, you would think he's one of the worst quarterbacks, you know, in college football. It was just, it's just like a, huge, a total it's a disaster. Huge it wasn't three, by the way, it wasn't three to five. It was like fifteen in that game, which is several games of Cam Newton every year, except right? for his MVP. That, that's the that's argument. Fair dog. It, well, I don't want to minimize the difference. Cam Newton is the best running quarterback or the most efficient running quarterback in NFL history. So I don't want to like act like this guy can just come in and do what Cam Newton does. No. Cam Newton's run ability is is totally I don't want to say it's underrated because people know he's a runner, but he wouldn't be a starting quarterback in the NFL without that running right. ability. Right. And Allen I think will be will kind of be the same way, but I don't think he's quite at that level. The more I the more I watched him, I thought more of Josh McCown, who to me is a really underrated athlete who can really kind of just create things on his own, has a great arm, is, can can run really well. Has had <laughs> a great drafts and better hope he has, has had a great career, but that's not I mean, who I'm he, taking in the top five. Yeah, if he goes top five or even top twelve, you want him to be better than Josh McCown, even though we all love Josh. Uh, all right, that's it for today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. A reminder that on Friday, and we hope to have Sessler back with us, it is the return of You're the GM. One of our favorite segments and one of the listener favorite segments of the Around the NFL podcast. A little role playing, a little cosplay. Greg Rosenthal. Well, no one's going to be dressed up as their favorite GM. How do you know? uh, That would be a first. That would be a first. (laughs) I'm going to dress up as Reggie McKinney. Actually, yeah. I, w- Sugar, I would, bear? Sugar Bear. Now, now you've got me thinking. It wouldn't be that hard to dress up as John Dorsey. Just find like an old, like a 20-year-old brown sweatshirt. Some white high Pretty tops. Easy. Pretty easy. Yeah, it was like 70%. Mark's definitely got a sweatshirt that could yeah. work. Oh, yeah. in the- it's got to be two sizes too big. Right. So he, I could wear Mark's maybe yeah. would, would work for me. I feel like 50 to 70% of NFL personnel just wear brown khakis and white sneakers. So. I'm going to dress as Dimitrov. Wow, it'll be very slick. I'm going to have some fancy glasses with multiple colors on. All right, so looking forward to that. Uh, Until then, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Mailman and The Old Boss and The Big Fish. Thanks for joining us. Of course, Miss Moneybags, Behind the Glass. Till Friday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.